WATD presents Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. If it's Monday night, it's got to be Monday Night Talk with Kevin Tachi. So thanks for having me on. Kevin, good for you to hold back and let him tell his story. Putting the South Shore spin on politics, current events, and pop culture. You guys are the center of the universe today. At least the political universe. I believe both of you are, are from the area. Marshfield guys, yes, no? Correct, yeah. That's right. There's only one person not from Marshfield in this room right now. That's you. It's me. I'm the outcast. Well, you've always been generous with the time. I appreciate it very much. Well, I'm honored to be on your show tonight, Kevin, with that impressive lineup you have. I believe our guest that we've been waiting for, Congressman Stephen Lynch. Kevin, good to join you. The governor of the Commonwealth. Very Charlie good. Becky, you ready? I got to tell you that uh, it was really nice to hear Aerosmith on the intro there. You're going to be the rock and roll governor? I don't know about that, but... We have Mayor Joe Sullivan joining us, sir. How are you? Well, Kevin, very good to be with you again. Dr. Drew Pinsky. Dr. Drew, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for having me. Mr. Ming Tsai, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Massachusetts State Auditor Suzanne Bump. Hello, Auditor. How are you? I am fine, and I'm delighted to be with you this evening. And now, your host, Kevin Tachi. Welcome, and good evening. You are tuned in to Monday Night Talk here at 95.9 WATD, just as the... Like the intro told you, we have quite the lineup this evening. This is probably is going to be one of the last uh, full shows for, for the foreseeable future. Um, recent correspondences, we, you could see a series of political forums uh, coming your way, courtesy of ninety-five-nine WATD, as we do our best to bring you up to speed on where the candidates stand. From uh, various different political races, state rep, state senate, uh, county races, you name it. Tonight we're, we're going to uh, have a few folks in who are actually looking for uh, to bend your ear, tell you a little bit about their particular campaigns. But we're also going to inform you about some other events that are happening in and around the South Shore, just in case you're looking for something fun and cool to do. We start things off right after traffic. Brendan James Griffin. He is a candidate for office for the 7th Plymouth District State Representative seat. He'll be here. We'll talk a little bit about, uh, we'll talk about A, his, uh, his political party, because he's not, he's not your, your standard Republican or Democrat or Independent. He comes to you from the Workers Party, uh, group. We'll talk with him to, uh, to find out about the Workers' Party, what it is that they stand for, and what some of the issues are in his particular race. Then after that, we are going to speak with Victoria Bond and Donald Sheehan. They are from True Repertory Theater. They are repeat offenders here to Monday Night Talk. We like re- repeat offenders. As we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the kickoff of the 2022-23 season as they are, uh, they're going to be doing something called Playwrights Platform. This is where they're going to be. Th- uh, they're going to be three uh, performances in one evening, and this is taking place this Saturday. They'll give us the details about that. Uh, then we'll take a break. Hour number two, we kick off with Emmanuel Doctor, candidate for office. You know, Emmanuel as someone who was. Uh, Recently, a member of the Hanover Board of Selectmen chairman. He is a candidate for the 5th Plymouth District State Rep seat. We'll chat with him about this race. Uh, 
followed by Melissa Cook. Melissa is the chairperson for Abington Copes. And it so happens that they got a road race coming up this weekend. They're actually taking over the former um, Coombs Road Race in Abington. A successful road race, 20 years. And so now Abington Copes is going to be taking over. And Abington Copes actually is an organization helping those who are who are struggling with substance, who need to find recovery. COPES, of course, stands for Community Outreach Prevention, Education, and Support. So we look forward to talking with Melissa. And then we wrap things up in a pretty bow as we speak with Mark Rashito uh, with the Massasoit Community College, the community college, uh, their um, the theater company, as uh, they actually have an upcoming outdoor theatrical performance taking place Yuri Dice it's going to be uh, this coming weekend we'll get details plus casting calls George I know you want to I know you want to be rich and famous or at least famous or infamous uh, they are looking to do uh, casting for an upcoming Christmas show you ever done community theater George not theater no but I have done voice work with probably someone who you know really don't leave us hanging uh, the one and only Jordan Rich <gasps> no way Yes. The one and only. So maybe theater is in my wheelhouse in the future, but we'll see about that. Just got to do some practice. Well, I thought I was trying to entice you. At least we'd have one person showing up for the auditions for Christmas Story. It's it's a challenge for me for now, but I think I'll take it in the future for sure. If this thing called civilization was going to end, I think it would have ceased during one of the two world wars. My grandparents never gave up. They worked and lived till the bitter end, which wasn't bitter at all. Actually, it was sweet. Their life was sweet. I want my life the same. I want to work, coach my kids' soccer team, go out to eat after, and then come home to my bed where I can rest my bones. Then get up and do it all again tomorrow. That's what I want. That's what I'm working for. And that is my American dream. I can't do it alone. I need you. We need each other. We're all in this together, and together we can have our American dreams. As long as we're willing to do what is necessary to survive on this marble called Earth. Brennan's Smoke Shop, the best smoke shop in Massachusetts and now New Hampshire. Brennan's Smoke Shop, customers must be 21 years of age or older and proper ID is required. Monday Night Talk on Twitter. Start at 959WATD.com slash Monday Night Talk. And don't forget to add hashtag Monday Night Talk to your tweets. And now, more Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. All right, we are back. And uh, my guest, first guest, gentleman who is with the Workers' Party of Massachusetts, is a, is a mission statement right from the website, is a political organization of and for the working class. Our goals are to overthrow the capitalist system of explanation and the many injustices it per, uh, perpetuates, to establish working class political power, to build a socialist economy that prioritizes the needs of people and planet over the profit-driven interest of capital. Brandon. Brandon James Griffin is my guest. Brandon, of course, is I believe you are are you elected to the Whitman Planning Board? That's correct. Okay, so he's an elected official. 
And he's here to talk a little bit about uh, not only the Workers' Party of Massachusetts, but uh, his uh, throwing his hat in the ring. He's been campaigning for a while to to hopefully be a state representative in the 7th Plymouth District. For folks who don't know you, feel free to give us a little bit of a, a background on yourself. Okay. <clears throat> My name is Brandon Griffin. I am a longtime resident of Whitman, but I spent most of my life as a longtime resident of Abington, so I moved five minutes up the street. Okay. Uh, I went to Abington High School. I went to... The old Abington High School, right? The, the old Abington High School. Okay. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 worked full, I worked full-time while going to school, and then I moved on. I did, I did various things here and there. Uh, right now, I'm settled into a full-time job, of course, which I've had for years. And I am a- actively involved in many different forms of political work and, of course, mass movements and uh, general activism. You're one of five candidates that are a part of the... Is it three? Okay, because I thought it was. I thought there were five of you. All right, so it's down to three. Okay, yes. uh, you're one of three candidates who are part of the Workers' Party of Massachusetts. Um, what What was it that attracted you to this particular uh, group? What, what was the ideals that you liked? Well, the ideals of the Workers' Party are flush with my beliefs that. Workers in general should be controlling their workplaces, whether it be just a general democracy at work, but but essentially the working people at said company really should be the ones running it. Okay. Um, in In the sense of you look at the wages right, right now compared to the soaring profits and and I'm not advocating for simple you know cost of living small increments in the end what I want is worker power and worker control and the workers party of Massachusetts is very much in line with that it's a Marxist socialist strategy and we're at a point in time where the inflections and the back and forths that people are having are becoming so counterproductive that we're ignoring the big picture, which is you hate to be a dooms a doomsayer, but we're, we're looking at a really bad time right right now uh, ecologically economically power politically ideologically out on the streets you 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 name it there's a rift and i have long thought that that rift was perpetrated by the mainstream media and the corporate politicians, both both parties, Democrats and Republicans, to instigate 
these sort of, I'm not going to say fake, but essentially unproductive divisions between Republicans and Democrats, when in fact they're both just capitalist parties looking to hold their own status quo and to hold power. So how how big is how big is the Workers Party of Massachusetts? I mean, how many how many people would you say are do, are there regular meetings? I mean, this is something that that this is you know uh, it it's new and hopefully hoping that it's something that that catches on. I, I mean, how many people is it? Is it a handful of people? Do you have a, do you have dozens of people? Hundreds of people? How many people are part of this group? Active members. It's under a hundred. Okay. Uh, there are of there are of course registered voters, and there are are folks that aren't in a local, and folks that don't go to meetings that are part of the party. But as far as very active, it's under a hundred. So if you was to put us, if you was to, to give kind of an identity, right? Would you say if you were to look at whether it's the the grand old party, the Republicans, or the Democrats. Are there any elements of either of those parties that are part of uh, the Workers' Party? Or I mean, what are some of the, what are some of the things that are essential other than uh, supporting workers, those who work hard for their money? What are some of the things? I mean, is it a matter of uh, is there is it conservative? Is it uh, more so where you know you you want to be? Um, I don't know. I guess that the, I guess what parts of the parties that are currently known would you say that would be best identified, or you're out on an island on your own? We we operate outside of that that sphere. Okay, but what's it like taxes? I mean, you're you're running for state representative here. Yes. Where would you stand in regards to tax? You can't say, well, we don't want to tax anybody. You can't say that, you know. You know, tax until you know we could be able to take care of everybody. Because I mean, where would you stand when it comes to something like taxes? Taxes in general, or yeah. a specific? I'm talking about your if 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 you're somebody who's looking to be elected, an elected official. You you're a state official, mm-hmm. and you're working with this governing body. You're going to decide as far as if you're going to raise taxes, you're going to raise fees, and you want a naysayer go, no, 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 we want to, we don't want to raise them, we want to eliminate them altogether. I mean, where, where would where would you stand as as a party or or even as an individual? Sure, uh, well, that's actually a very good question because we do speak at length on this, and contrary to what some folks may feel about socialism, yep. this isn't about just taxing the entire planet until there's... We want to repeal taxes that are taxes on the working class, such as toll roads, licensing fees, insurance fees, renewal fees, inspection sticker fees, um, court fees, traffic fees. All of that... All fees... Because the idea, uh, the idea of those fees, I would think that I, the idea, of the, the idea of those fees, is to a to be able to run, you know, to, to, to run said office, to pay said employees, to pay for utilities, 
You can't ultimately get rid of everything, can you? As far as fees like that? Why not? Okay. Uh, well, if you get rid of all taxes altogether, how do you how do you figure that we pay? How do you figure we do road work? We pay for infrastructure and and stuff like that. How would we be able to do that? Well, getting getting rid of taxes altogether is not an okay. option. Okay. Of, of course, it's okay, not. Right. I mean, but. I just want to kind of realistic. I, I'm trying sure, to find. Sure. I'm trying to find where where you are on the scale, whether it's conservative, you know. Oh, where, that I where, can where, answer. Where you are, or we are furthest left of the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. Um, and how how do people how do people um, how do you engage with people? And what do you what do you hear for for responses back? You would be surprised at how much a five-minute conversation can change the mis- the mysticism and the you know the negativity around the word socialism. When you sit down with someone and you explain to them what you actually care about okay. and what you care about for them, because this is what it's about. This isn't about glory for me. It's not about money. This is about helping to foster and in, and in environment where someone who goes to work and does something, let's just say um, the quote-unquote essential workers that were thrown into the mess of the of COVID and sure. they really they weren't rewarded for it. And if you look at the product... Talking like public safety folks and, and folks who worked at hospitals and stuff like this. Is that what you're talking about? Hospitals, okay. service workers. Sure. Um, it, they have... They haven't... They earn nothing from it. Okay. Yet, their overlords are just becoming vastly more wealthy. If you look at a 9% inflation rate and a 3% raise... That's a that's a six percent pay cut. Okay. Um, what would you say? What would you say is so? All right. My understanding is that you're not you're not in the middle because I thought maybe you got your your party might be somewhere in the middle between conservative and liberal, but you're kind of you saying you're further further left of liberal. Yes. Very very like uber progressive. Is that is that accurate? Even the word progressive is the wrong word. Has well the connotation is wrong. It's wrong on two on uh, two levels. Okay. The word progressive now is kind of a marketing term for for Democrats uh, in I Congress. Next, I apologize. My next guests are here, so you could they're going to sneak in. But keep talking. Go ahead. You're good. The term progressive is kind of a marketing word okay. for the left flank of the Democratic Party in in Congress and. There are people that identify as a progressive and still in that umbrella of the Democratic Party. Essentially, you know, at the end of the day, what happens is they get swallowed by the shark. Mm. I mean, look at the primaries. Everybody who had the big bucks, they won. So, you know, I I don't... don't Am I wrong? Yeah. Well, it's not so so much right or wrong, but it's a matter of. I mean, the country has long needed a a third and fourth and fifth party. I mean, a two party system. 
is is skewed. So I would prefer to see more parties. But I, I, again, what we're here to do today is learn about your party and learn why people should vote for you November 8th as a state representative. So while we have a couple of minutes left here, I mean, what do you want to say to the folks, to the millions of people who tuned into this radio show? I'm kidding. Uh, the many people who tuned into this show, what's important? What is your message to them as to why they should vote for a third-party candidate, and what it is that you'd like to bring to state government. Okay. You have four minutes. No, (laughs) No, go ahead. Our campaigns aim to combine the awareness of the Workers' Party and also to highlight the absolute failure of both major parties to provide relief in any meaningful way to the whole of the working class in a time where it's needed most, where inflation and the lack of appropriate wages are set to bankrupt everyone except the hyper-rich and the legislative class, essentially, to put it broadly. Uh, So as we said, as corporations raked in buckets of profit at levels far surpassing the miserly cost of the wage of the wage raises that people received average of about 3% compared to a 9%. And I want to educate people about labor unions, left-wing politics outside of the Democratic Party who are not a left-wing party. But do you, do, yeah. when, when you look at and local government, when you look at state, local state government, do you, is there a confusion between what we're seeing going on down in Washington, D.C., compared to the folks who, who work up on Beacon Hill? Sadly, there isn't. Really? Okay. The, um, the supermajority in Massachusetts. There is one of those. You're right. It is it completely ineffective and they failed a long time ago and the leadership that reflects Washington it's just a smaller sample but but you would you want to if if you were fortunate enough to be elected to office again you're you've been elected you're on the planning board in Whitman um, hoping to serve a greater good uh, in in the state house Um, would you be willing to work with the Democrats and, and the Republicans, and, and, and even though you would be a super minority, well, I wouldn't sit in the corner and you know, about twiddle my thumbs. Sure, no, sure. But I, I, I would be. Um, I, don't, I don't want to say antagonistic, but I read the bills and I see a lot of the word "may" or "could." And I think to run a state, you need to use the word must. For, for, for example, um, for, school, for school funding, so they say municipalities may use the, you know, A, B, C, or D. Ambiguity to it, right? Yeah. But then if the funding isn't approved, the schools fall behind. Whereas you look at, I'm not going to burn a town. Let's just say wealthy town A ends up with a massive surplus. Should just be circled back in and used to subsidize other communities. Other communities. Okay. 
Well, our time is, has run out. It was, a, it was a brief segment, albeit a fun one. Um, if folks want to find out more about you and your campaign, how can they do that? Well, they can find me on Facebook. It's BJ Griffin, the number four, Mass. Same for Twitter. You can find me at bjgriffinformass.com. That's for the number. Yep. Thank you. But really, the best thing is just get my number. Just call me. Excellent. Well, because engaging is what we is what we want. We want to show people you're not trapped in this phony two two party system that serves no one but themselves. And that there's hope. Yeah. And that there's hope. And there's hope. But it's also an urgent hope because we're 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 crumbling here. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for joining us and take your time out of your, your schedule to, to do so. Uh, Brandon James Griffin, uh, candidate for state representative in the 7th Plum District. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Kevin. You got it. Have a good night. You got it. We're going to step aside. And when we come back, True Repertory Theater is on deck. You tuned in to Monday Night Talk right here on 95.9 WATD. is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi on 95.9 WATD. Attention military veterans, friends, and family members. You're invited to a tremendous free day of fun, food, entertainment, networking, and resource gathering at the Brockton Veterans Expo Benefits and Job Fair, Saturday, September 24th, from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. Join fellow veterans and military families for a free barbecue grill fest. Check out the military vehicle display and enjoy live music from the South Shore's premier veterans group, Jimbo and the Creekside Band. Get a VA disability claim established. Learn about all your state and VA benefit programs. Or find the perfect job at the veterans-friendly job fair while the kids enjoy pony rides, games, and the bounce house. If you ever served in uniform, this event is for you. Don't miss the Brockton Veterans Expo and Job Fair Saturday, September 24th at the Boston VA's Brockton Campus, 940 Belmont Street in Brockton. This event is free and veterans of all ages and their families are encouraged to attend. For more information, search for the Brockton Veterans Expo at eventbrite.com. McGuigan's Pub is an upscale Irish pub with all the class of a Boston pub. The menu offers favorites like steak tips, fish and chips, meatloaf, as well as burgers, sandwiches, and pizza. The relaxed, comfortable atmosphere at McGuigan's makes it the perfect place to eat, drink, and socialize with family and friends. New hours are Tuesday through Thursday, 4 to close, Friday through Sunday, 1130 to close. McGuigan's Pub is at 546 Washington Street in Whitman, with the full menu available at McGuigan'sPub.com. Download the Monday Night Talk podcast from iTunes for free. Just search for Monday Night Talk WATD. We now return to Kevin Tachi and Monday Night Talk. We are back. Welcome back. Is uh, joining us here to uh, say hello to a couple of old friends. Been a while. When was the last time I actually was in the same room with you two? With the two of us? I don't. 
it had to have been. I think it's been a, a little while for me. It has been me. a little while. It was I not pre-COVID. No, no, no. no. Were, were we here together for Auntie Mame? Or did no. I, do, I did that on my own, yeah, didn't did I? Yeah, yes. I did, I did. We did that via Zoom, actually, I think. Yeah. We did. We did that via it's Zoom. Just, so it's been a while. It has. How are you? Of course, we're speaking with Donald Sheehan <laughs> and Victoria Bond. Hello. True Respiratory <laughs> Theater. That is T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're here to talk a little bit about uh, this weekend. This weekend, three plays for the price of one. Am I right? Is that, is that correct? That is yes. correct. I thought there yes. was a typo here. Actually, yeah, yeah. Well, um, can I can I backtrack a little bit? Of course, you can. So I just wanted to. uh, Well, yeah, because the last time that I was here, we were talking Auntie Mame, and uh, which is uh, you know very a project very near and dear to my heart, and I I don't know if uh, you know everybody realizes what happened, uh, Mm. but we wound up having to cancel that show uh, two days before we opened because we had an outbreak of COVID in the cast. Yeah, you were on promote that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the the entire show got canceled. So we lost uh, about two thousand um, dollars because we had vendors who had to be paid, and you know, uh, that's just the way it goes. Um, so we're starting the season off, uh, you know, with a deficit. We, we you know we are we're in the hole. We're starting the season off in the hole and in debt, which is not where we want to be at all. And I, you know, uh, for anybody that's ever been involved in small theater or community theater, um, you probably are aware most theaters of this nature uh, survive show to show. You know, you have the, the proceeds from that yeah, show basically get you to the next show. So um, you're kind of living hand to mouth. So to be starting out uh, in debt is a little concerning. So we do have a fundraising effort going on right now. Um, if you are interested in uh, supporting community theater, local theater, local talent, um, you can go to our website, which is uh, True Rep Theater. And that's theater with an R E dot com, and you can donate to our uh, our initiative. We are hoping to raise some money to give us a little bit of a cushion to try and get you know through the season without worry. But right now, we have a lot of worry. I'm not going to lie. Um, the other thing is, so I, I just wanted to update people as to where we are right now. So I'll let you deal with good news. You tell people about what's coming. I like good news, Donald. Bring us. <laughs> Some good news. <laughs> good news is always good, right? Yeah. So this is actually uh, a project that we had started back in January of 2020, actually right before COVID hit. And I think we were we were a few rehearsals into this playwriting festival, and then we had to stop. Um, so uh, we reached out to the playwrights that we were working with at that time, and uh, they have come back uh, with the with the. Uh, Works that we were um, collaborating on before, and uh, so that's what is going to be happening this coming Saturday. We have uh, three plays uh, that will be taking place. Uh, the first one is actually an American classic. It's uh, Tennessee Williams' a Streetcar Named Desire, and. Uh, That's not a new work, but we had an actor that Shurep has worked with in the past who proposed a very interesting spin to the script. And we actually have um, a gentleman, his name is Brian Kennerson, he's worked with us before, like I said, and he came to me and said, it's always been a dream of mine to play Blanche Dubois, and I want to see what this play would look like with a male playing Blanche. And I said, well, I think a good place to start that is with this playwriting festival that we're doing. 
So that will be the first play. And he is incredibly talented. Yeah. Uh, He is unbelievable. Uh, He... (laughs) He's not to be missed. So we just had a reading last night. We did, night, and so. I, I was blown away. I was blown away by the whole cast. Yeah. It's an incre- incredibly talented group of people that have been amassed to do uh, streetcar. Yeah, they were great. <clears throat> so, and that's actually going to be a staged reading. So it's not going to be a full uh, blown production. And uh, if, for people that don't uh, know a lot about theater, or maybe how. Uh, yeah. Tell play- what a stage reading is. Yeah, so a play, so part of the sort of playwriting process, and, and a new when you work with a, a new play, typically uh, the first thing you would do is have like a table read, and then you know the playwright will do some work on the play, and then you do what they call a staged reading, which uh, invites an audience to hear it, uh, but it's very pared down. The actors have scripts in hand, um, and it's really focusing on uh, sort of telling the story without all of the production values that would go on with that um so that's what we're doing uh with the first two shows we've got three plays on the, on saturday the 17th the first two will be stage reading like a headliner so yeah so two <laughs> o'clock is the street is the streetcar named desire and that that will be a staged reading yeah and then there's so uh, another playwright beth donesco mm-hmm. who's also local uh we're doing her show at 5 p.m which is uh titled a knotted rope and then at 8 o'clock, uh, so one of the other plays that we had worked with a couple of years ago is uh, Ellen's Boys. Mm. And I think we were here talking about that. I think we did a reading. Didn't, didn't we we did a scene probably. Did a scene? Yeah, we did. did. I'm sure we did. Yeah, we, we do do that yeah, stuff. I'm sure yeah. we did. Yeah. 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 So we're putting that back up. You know, there was a lot of. Um, we had a lot of great feedback to that show, and there were people that were reaching out. Oh, sorry, I missed it. I really wasn't available those two weekends. Right. So it's 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 kind of a, a culmination, if you will, of of the entire process that you're looking at. Like Victoria said, two shows that are a little bit more of the sort of staged reading format, and then Ellen's Boys won't be the fully realized production that we did in March from a set perspective and Scaled things of down. that nature. It's stylized. We're essentially going to use a table and chairs. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. right. But, but the actors will be off book, and it will be yes. a full, full-blown performance yep. from the actors. Um, uh, yeah, and actually, just to circle back, a knotted rope. Uh, you know, Beth Donesco uh, wrote that mm. play, and it's it's uh, the story of a a lawyer who is uh, defending a suspected uh, war criminal and a Nazi war criminal and so it's sort of uh, she sort of un- unravels his life and the mysteries of his life and you know uh, it, it's sort of her journey through through that process um, just to give people a little understanding of what it's about yeah Absolutely. Can we talk about the importance of theater? Can we talk about the oh, importance please, of local we, theater? Please, can we? <laughs> because I mean, we because because there are so many there are so many local playhouses, and it, it's it's great that you all have you, the different niches that you all have, mm-hmm. and the passion you have for it. Folks don't realize the passion that your group has for theater. Well, and uh, and truthfully what people should understand about any small local theater that you're going to see whether it's us or anyone else for that matter. Right. Um almost everybody involved is a volunteer. They do it because they love it. They're not getting paid any money. Love the actors never get paid money. You know, they almost almost never get paid money yeah. at this level. Um, you know, the directors, the people that run the theater company, the people that run around talking about the shows and what's coming, and that they don't really make any money at it. It's done because we love it and because we feel that it's vital to uh, to our, our, our community and to our world. You know, you think about how many people a local theater can touch and help. 
you know it's all of the people that come together to work on it uh, but it's also all of the people that come to see it and uh, you know it's just you bring new people into a community everybody sits together I love to say that everybody sits together in the dark and they don't know each other at all <laughs> they wind up laughing at the same things they wind up crying at the same things at the end of the day they have found common ground they have found what they share in common it is one of those rare moments in this day and age when you're not jumping up and down to look at your differences you you're discovering what you share in common it's vital it's vital local theater is vital so Go ahead. And of course, that's Victoria Bond and the founder, <laughs> artistic director of True Repertory Theater, Donald Sheehan. I mean, did, did you think that your organization, that the theater company would be able to make it out of COVID and still be doing productions like this? I, I did, because I, I think for me, I th- there was an energy that was there from the very beginning. You know, when things shut down, we literally got our last show in at the very end of February. And then three weeks later, everything sort of just shut right down. But, you know, I I think part of what I saw was, you know, we had a lot of Zoom meetings. We were talking about online performances and things of that Mm -hmm. nature. What are we going to do next year? You know, what are we thinking about for a season? So that we were really able to continue to talk about, you know, okay, what what's going to happen and let's make sure that this will happen and what are the shows that we want to be doing and who's going to be involved. So, um, yeah, that energy definitely continued well, throughout that time and it wasn't, it's, um, it's not an easy thing, especially for theaters because you become very limited to what it is that you can do. And, well, know? and I'd like to just say, we, we are not, we, uh, to say, you, did you think you'd make it through COVID? We're not done with COVID. And here's the problem. I agree with you. Here is the problem. Every small theater company is one COVID outbreak away from closure, as far as I'm concerned. It's shut down several theaters. It will happen. It will happen. It has shut down several theaters. We are, this is, now is the time, if you care about local theater, now is the time to support it, whether it be us or some other, I don't care, but support local theater because it is on the verge. It is on a very dangerous edge. And it, you know, we are literally now trying to find ways to have understudies for all of our shows because, God forbid we have a COVID, somebody have COVID, and we can't, and we wind up canceling. If yeah. the lights are up, if you've, you've already had the poster made, you've got to pay the person yeah. who made the poster. You've got to pay the person who put the lights up. You've got to pay the rent. You've got to pay the vendors. Sure. You know, so please, it, it, we are not through. We are not through COVID. So, when you say understudy, you saying just a single person for each each performer, or or a multiple understudies <laughs> for each performer. <laughs> Is it to that point? It depends. Well, you know, it's interesting because I just started thinking about the way that things are in New York City right now. And Music Man is one of those shows that has been out there for a while. And uh, I I was watching something. It was some type of television show on the production. And they talked about the layers of understudies that they have had for that show. And how many, you know, like any one individual at any given moment might be understudying 10 to 12 different roles, which is certainly not the norm. So it's something that we're trying to adopt as well because, again, you know, the, the, the reason that things shut down with MAME was because we had, unfortunately, an actor two days before we 
were supposed to open. And, you know, how do you recover 48 hours beforehand and really try to move on with the show? Well, so and, and how do you ask, to safeguard the, how do you ask the other actors to go on stage because they right. know this person has COVID and then somebody else wound up with COVID. So it kind of spread. It just, it, it really, it, it it's difficult. It's yeah. very difficult. But that's why we are so excited, though, about uh, this this Saturday, the 17th of September, because we are, uh, you know, in a rare position, and, and we are doing something that doesn't get done very often, mm-hmm. especially on this level. We're taking chances on new new plays. You know, you've got Streetcar, which is a fabulous classic. It's at 2 o'clock. Come see it. You'll enjoy it. But then you've got two new plays, a new voices. Rope. Right, A Knotted <laughs> Rope and, and Ellen's Boys, which and are they're local playwrights, yeah. you know, and those are new voices. It's a drama-thon. Yes, sure. Whatever you want to throw at it. But, uh, I, but I, I like it. I like the concept. And it, we're probably remiss, but where's this happening? I believe the oh, Beale House. Yes. 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 Yeah. 222 Main Street in Kingston, right. right at the Beale House, where we've been performing now for four years. Right. Yeah. And and you, it's oh, it's $25 for an all-day pass. You can go to all three shows. You can go to one show. You could go to one and a half shows, whatever you want to do. It's up to you. So it's just $25, you, three shows. And I think it's important to note that people, there will be breaks yes. in between. So people can head out for dinner, snacks, all of that kind of stuff. They're not, you know, in succession. So as long as time. they hold on to their ticket to That's get back right. in That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So it's 2 o'clock for uh, Streetcar Named Desire, 5 o'clock for A Knotted Rope, and 8 p.m. for Ellen's Boys. Yeah. So, and A Knotted Rope only runs about an hour. So that'll be over by about 6 o'clock. People have a nice dinner break where they can grab something to eat and come back. Mm. Uh, Anything that we've overlooked in regards to this? Are you looking for folks as to to go to the website if they want to donate beyond just this performance? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's... um, www.truereptheater.com theater with an RE there's a donate button right in the upper right hand corner we are and I think this is the same if, if you spoke to any other theaters the reality of running a theater and especially coming out of COVID is that you have to be constantly fundraising you mm-hmm. are fundraising every day of the year yeah. it's you know it's it's really not just about, okay here's this special fundraiser running for this two weeks and you know so on and so forth you really need to be fundraising Every single day. And we really, you know, we would love to find some businesses that would be interested in partnering with us. Um, you know, we have some business sponsorships. We are happy to, you know, spread the word about your business at our shows, in our program, on our website. Um, and and in, in exchange, we'd love your financial support as well as your, your support with a poster in the window. You know, yeah. it, those types of things. You know, I, can, I can't tell you how Community. many supermarkets have gotten rid of their community bulletin boards. Oh, yeah. It's awful. The, we used to rely on those, yeah. and they're gone. And we have, th- this is important to note as well, we have, within the last couple of months, just received our 501c3 as well. That's right. So that's, you know, that's critical for, for any type of corporate sponsorship. Bonafide nonprofit. Absolutely. Yes. So the, any donations are tax deductible. Tax deductible. So. Yep. Well, and knowing that this is kicking off the uh, the season, the 22-23 season, uh, I, I, I mean this with all due respect. Brick a leg. Thank you. I hope it goes well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I hope you'll be back to tell us that good news that this went well and that you'll be here promoting your next 
performance. Absolutely. And thank you so much. Yes, thank you. You're such a good friend to the arts, and you always go out of your way and make sure that you spread the word. So we really appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, again, that's the idea of what we do here, not only at this radio station, but this, uh, not only this on the show, but at this radio station, is just to spread the good word of community. Uh, listen and sometimes they say good and bad. You know, we're, we're here to absolutely deliver the, what's happening, the news, and how it's transpiring, and that's our job. And listen, there's Jimmy, we like doing it. There's no talk like <laughs> Monday night talk. George, save that. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be part of the new intro. Victoria, oh yeah, we will. Uh, Donald, thank you so much for thank joining. Thank you. Hey, this there's still more Monday night talk coming up next. Emmanuel Doctor will be joining us. As you are tuned in to Money Night Talk right here on 95.9 WATD. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. All right, we return here to Monday Night Talk. And uh, my next guest actually walked in and is wearing a pin that says, Ask Me Anything. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about none other than uh, Emmanuel Doctor. He is a candidate for state representative in the 5th Plymouth District, a newly kind of formatted 5th Plymouth District. A little bit. Little bit Welcome changed. back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How are things out on the campaign trail? It's been great. It's been great. I came up with this pin, you know, kind of a month into door knocking. So I started door knocking December 1st, and I found that people were shocked that I actually was showing up and saying, what are your priorities? What do you want me to focus on? What are your questions? So I had this pin made, and people really respond to it. And they come up with the craziest questions, and it's great. I love the conversations. Share a question. Give us, give us a couple of examples. Uh, again, remember, we're on radio, so <laughs> what's some of, what are some of the things that they've asked you? I, well, I'll, I'll say the, the um, funniest example for me was I left the pin on, and I went to like a social gathering um, after, after campaign all day. And this person randomly walked up to me and said, like, what are the lottery numbers going to be tomorrow? And I forgot I had my pin on. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's uh, clever. But it, but it was great. It was that, is, great. that is a clever I think response. I got that answer wrong. What, what, is, what is the most, instead, what is the, the one thing that you continuously have people asking you, even with that pin on, in regards to the political race? You know, the, the, the main question everyone asks when you knock on the door, um, and it's a little bit dis, disheartening, but they say, what party, Republican or Democrat? And I'm a, I'm a Democrat. I'm a moderate Democrat. Um, but then I have to explain that I'm really focused on local issues. I'm focused on local issues as much as possible, the issues that matter here and what issues matter to you. And we open up a whole conversation every time I come to a door. It's, it's frustrating right now in the public discourse. You know, things have just gone kind of crazy, right? Everyone um, nationally identifies as, as, as an R or a D, and neither of the two shall, shall meet. Um, but I've always felt that locally, especially, we agree on a lot more than we disagree. And when you start talking about basics and I say, listen, I live up the street. I have three kids. You know, Abby's 10, Henry is eight, and Ethan is, is five. And that's what I care about. And I care about the water that they're drinking. Is it safe? Is it healthy? I care about are we going to be stuck in congestion? Are we going to have the, the investment that we need from the state in our local infrastructure? 
our small businesses going to be able to make it? Are we going to have the investment there? Um, you're really able to bond over that and really see what they care about. And they can say, you know, I either always vote this way or I usually do this way, but the things you're talking about are the things that I really care about. And that's where we need to connect. Let's talk about, you know, your service to your country. Let's talk about your service to your community. I mean, you've served on a couple of different committees and chairs, chaired a couple in the town of Hanover. Talk about those two items. Yeah, thanks. Service is, is really important to me. Starting at the age of 17, I graduated high school early, actually, so I could join the Marine Corps. I was uh, in infantry in the Marine Corps uh, for a tour. That was a great experience for me. Um, it actually it actually gave me some, some life development that I needed at the time. Um, my father uh, passed away when I was younger, when I was nine. And my mom, uh, who was a stay-at-home mom at the time, was left to raise me and my five brothers, six boys, all by herself. And, you know, she didn't have a career that she could fall back on. She didn't have any kind of education or training that she could fall back on, um, but she worked. She worked hard, and that's a lesson that I took, is to put in hard work. So when we moved to Hanover, it was really important for me, since I didn't have one home growing up, we moved around a lot. You know, we actually grew up through homelessness, through poverty. Um, for my kids, I wanted them to be in one community that we had a strong tie to. And so when we moved to Hanover, Abby was just a few weeks old at the time, and I immediately jumped in. Um, I got in the advisory committee. I'm now chair of the advisory committee. Um, in the interim, I was chair of the select board. I was chair of the master plan committee. Um, I really try to get involved in community because I think that's where politics meet, is local issues in the community as much as possible. I've also really been um, invested in community service, especially over the last few years with a lot of the conflict that we've been seeing, especially nationally. People are so divided, and I find that if you can bring them together over doing good locally, local community service, like food drives, trail cleanups, uh, clothing drives, those kinds of things, it makes a big difference. And, and if I can, I want to plug actually something we have coming up. Please do. So Sunday, uh, September 25th in Hanover, we're going to be doing a jacket drive. Um, it's going to be at the old Sylvester School, which I believe is 495 um, Hanover Street. Um, come by 1 to 3. We're, we're um, getting together jackets and donating them to the uh, Hanover Food Pantry. Last time we, we got 119 jackets, I think, and it made a huge difference for the clients of the food pantry, and so we're, we're looking to beat that this year. When you are talking to folks out there, what seems to be their biggest concern going into the le next legislative session? What is their biggest concern? You know, it's an interesting question. There are a lot of different concerns. I'd say a specific local concern that I hear from almost everybody is water, mm -hmm. right? The quality of water. It's big. It's huge, especially now with the PFAS um, issue that we're having, not just throughout the, our district in the South Shore, but really throughout the country. Um, everyone says that. Everyone says, you know, is the water safe for me to drink? You know, we need to make sure that we, my kids have safe water. Flint, Michigan. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And that's, and that's happening here. And it's completely unacceptable. It, I, as I explained to everyone, it's been a focus of mine the last you know, five years at least. And it's going to be a main focus when I get into office. Um, another big issue, not, not really a specific thing, is just a distrust, a mistrust of government. People feel like people are in office. They're not doing anything for them. They're fighting with each other. You know, I'll, I'll say, what do you want me to prioritize when I get in there? And they say, why does it matter? Everyone gets in there and just fights with each other, and they don't do anything that actually affects me. So that's a big focus of mine is actually showing 
through the hard work that we can make a difference in people's lives. And so if they have an issue, the state rep, I feel, is the main port of contact for any level of government and those individuals and their, their needs. I feel, I mean, as far as state state government goes, I feel that there's still kind of, everybody somewhat gets along. But when you look at the federal level, you know, there was a time when when you would have, you could be a Democrat or Republican and disagree with each other's values. But at the end of the day, you would come together for the common good of the country. It seems like it's all but lost. Any fear that this is something that, that could slowly... Uh, trickle and leak into state government one of these days and then maybe we may need leaders like you to say hey we need to work together for the greater good of the commonwealth yeah it's it i should say it's not something that's going to trickle in the future it's already trickled in right it's already happening we have people here who are focused on uh national party issues national party leadership um getting the direction from the top coming down and what they're going to focus on i think the goal that we've seen from national um politics is really find a group to be against and then say listen we're all against this group um that's that's not the approach at a local level you really want to come together and i can tell you that um We've seen a lot of that locally. We've seen a lot of that. People um, in, in the position who are really focusing more on alienating another group um, instead of bringing us together. Let's let's talk about finances. You talked water. That's a, a great conversation because it's something that we are all thinking about. You know, the quality of our water as well. Drinking bottled water, we know, you know PFAS is a part of that because of the plastics themselves. Um, let's let's talk about possible recession let's talk about you know financially how we're going to do in the next two years what are your thoughts as far as the finances of the commonwealth and how that may have an effect on your district yeah finances are a huge concern in 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 my district in all of our districts and i can say from state reps position um it's really the main goal for a state rep right is to advocate for your local town so for me i care about the person who lives and works in my towns and that's all of hanover all of rockland you know two-thirds of norwell one-third of 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 hanson um every day it's working on what makes a difference in their life. And I'll tell you that um, the, the way Massachusetts handles that is through what's called an earmark system. So the state reps go up to uh, the state house and they advocate for their projects locally. Um, they, they would need to convince other reps through, through productive working relationships that the local priorities matter. Um, that's, that's actually the first reason why I ran uh, last cycle. I was chair of the select board in Hanover, and I looked around and I started seeing that you know our property taxes were really high. We were funding all of our projects through local money instead of state money. And I was looking at surrounding districts, surrounding towns. They were getting much more money from the state than we are. And, and actually, if, if you give me just a second, there was actually a bill, House Bill 4269 in December, and this was where we had ARPA funds come from the federal government, and it was allocated throughout the state. $347 million of that was allocated through earmarks. $347 million. So the reps got to get up there and advocate and fight for it. Hanover got $50,000 of that. That's it. Rockland got 85000 and Norwell got seventy-five. In comparison, you look at the Plymouth 6th District, who's currently represented by Josh Cutler. Hanson got 255000 Pembroke got 585000 Pembroke got $33 per person. Wow. Hanover got $3.60. 
So, you know, when we talk about politics, we talk about these big issues, big national issues. But at the end of the day, we need to bring money back to get the work done locally. And what's interesting is, is this district, the 5th Plymouth District, is going to it's going to change a bit. You, you actually had a chance to do a little bit of a, a Hanson campaign kickoff in August uh, at one of my favorite restaurants, uh, the Old Hitching Post. What was that like? Hitching Post was great. You know, I, like I said, I've been door knocking since December 1st and actually started in the new precinct in Hanson um, and getting out to meet new people who I haven't uh, met as much before. I know a lot of the people in Hanover, given my volunteer time there. And then having run before, I know a lot of the people in Brooklyn and Norwell. But this was a great opportunity to meet new people and listen to their concerns. The main concern I've heard in Hanson is economic development. It's economic development, revitalizing their downtown area, um, really making sure that housing development is thoughtful um, and really helping the people who live there and address that. So it's, um, it's only one precinct in Hanson, but I'm going to be completely invested. I'm looking forward to working with Josh Cutler, who's the current rep for, for the other two districts, uh, two precincts, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting the work done. What are some of the other other issues that you, you feel that you don't have an, you don't get to talk enough about when you're in front of a microphone or you're in front of a group of people? Yeah, the main question I ask people is, what do you want a state rep to do? I mean, most people don't know what a state rep even can do, which is unfortunately. Um, but I ask, what do you want your state rep to do? So I, I'd love for anyone who's listening right now to think about that. Think about what do they want government to do? What do they want their state rep to do? And then I want them to ask themselves, over the last eight years, over the last eight years, have, has their state rep been doing what they want their state rep to do? That's the core question. And, and if, you think, if you think so, then good. Vote for the current incumbent who's been there for those eight years. If you think you want something different, if you think we can do better, if you want someone who's going to put in the work, then, then give me a call. I will say one thing else that's a little bit different about me is I put my cell phone on every single card that I give out. That cell phone is 781-312-9832. And I invite anyone to give me a call at any time, have an open conversation. I will, as my button said, answer any question. And I would glad, gladly reach out to someone if they have an issue they need help with so that I could help them. Let's see. We talked water. Um, let's talk environment. Give me your thoughts in regards to alternative energies uh, like offshore wind or something like that. I mean, are you in favor of, of offshore wind and solar or is it something that uh, is a farce? Uh, absolutely in favor. And, and, you know, but before I forget, let me just point out that we have very specific local environment issues in Hanover and abutting Hanson. We have the fireworks site, which is a site yep. that needs to be cleaned up. Big challenge in Rockland. We have some serious challenge with the septic system and, and some water issues there. So there's absolutely local environment concerns that we need to be focused on. But big picture, the future absolutely is alternative energy. And, and I will say this, when I talk to people about alternative energy, you know, there, there, are, there are still people who disagree on this, whether or not it makes sense to move to alternative energy. And so the way I talk about it is creating jobs, creating an industry down here in the South Shore, whether it's through solar, whether it's through offshore wind, that can bring in high-paying uh, jobs that will help people in the South Shore here. And at the same time, benefit our environment. Um, really a win-win. And, and those are the ways I try to address these issues. So many people have divided us on kind of this side or that side on an issue. I try to find the third way. You know, what can we do that addresses everyone's concerns and we can all get on board with? 
Anything I haven't asked you, uh, but you want to at least take a moment to, to, to touch upon before we uh, end our segment here? Yeah, I would say one thing that I just want to be really clear on. You know, um, I, I do try to focus on local issues as much as possible. And in my last campaign, there were national issues that I would say, listen, I'll talk with you about that. I'll answer your question. But at the end of the day, my focus is local. There is an issue that is now local, and that's and that's the overturning of, of Roe v. Wade. That's women's health, women being able to make decisions uh, for health care for their own body. My position is extremely clear on this. Women should make decisions for their own body. Just just cut and dry, very clear. My opponent's position is also very clear. There have been votes taken just as of recently, you know, after the Dobbs case and Roe got overturned, our Republican governor did an executive order to protect women's health um, and basically reinstitute Roe in Massachusetts. And the legislature um, passed the same exact um, executive order as a bill. That bill passed overwhelmingly. My opponent was a minority of the minority and just a handful of people to vote against it. And I would welcome anyone out there to look up House Bill number 1534. This bill talks about the standard that a court should use in evaluating a minor who's trying to address some health care challenges. The language in there speaks for itself. And I think that my position on this issue is clear. My opponent's position on this issue is clear. If you care about an issue... Whether it's, whether it's a women's health, whether it's environment, whether it's LGBTQ issues, look, there, there are clear stances on these issues between me and my opponent. And if you want to know where I stand, reach out, ask me, I'll answer. Ask me anything. And again, we're speaking with Emmanuel Doctor as we wrap up this segment. Your website, if folks want to find out more? Website is votedoctor.com, and that's spelled V-O-T-E-D-O-C-K-T-E-R.com. Manuel, thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you so much, Kevin. Appreciate it. We are going to step aside, but when we come back, we're going to talk Abington Copes. We have Melissa Cook in studio. You are tuned in to Monday Night Talk here at 95.9 WATD. Stay tuned. is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi, on 95.9 WATD. There I was in my business suit, all dressed up, just uptight as I could possibly be. And I don't remember much of what was said at that first AA meeting. It was more the feeling of the meeting itself. What I notice about AA is it sort of helps me to relax and learn to really be happy with my sobriety. That's exactly what Alcoholics Anonymous does. It teaches us how to live without drinking. It teaches us how to have fun and really enjoy life without drinking. Visit AA.org for more information and download the Meeting Guide app to find a meeting near you. Attention military veterans, friends, and family members. You're invited to a tremendous free day of fun, food, entertainment, networking, and resource gathering at the Brockton Veterans Expo Benefits and Job Fair, Saturday, September 24th, from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. Join fellow veterans and military families for a free barbecue grill fest. Check out the military vehicle display and enjoy live music from the South Shore's premier veterans group, Jimbo and the Creekside Band. Get a VA disability claim established. Learn about all your state and VA benefit programs. Or find the perfect job at the veterans-friendly job fair while the kids enjoy pony rides, games, and the bounce house. If you ever served in uniform, this event is for you. Don't miss the Brockton Veterans Expo and Job Fair Saturday, September 24th at the Boston VA's Brockton Campus, 940 Belmont Street in Brockton. 
This event is free, and veterans of all ages and their families are encouraged to attend. For more information, search for the Brockton Veterans Expo at eventbrite.com. Go ahead, indulge yourself. Every Wednesday night, tune in to Talk with Francesca and join me for provocative conversation, intriguing stories, and inspiration. So sit back and relax, or be stimulated, or both, because being connected feels good, and who doesn't need more of that these days? Don't miss Talk with Francesca Wednesday nights at 9 on 95.9 WATD. Talk continues all week long. Go to 959WATD.com slash Monday Night Talk and keep in touch on Facebook and Twitter. This is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. Right, so we're here to talk about uh, an upcoming event, but we're also here to talk uh, a little bit about uh, an organization that's looking to help those who are in need, especially when it comes to. Uh, folks who are struggling with substance, substances and substance abuse. Abington COPES. COPES, of course, is an acronym for Community Outreach Prevention, Education and Support. And joining us is the, I believe she's the chairperson for, yes. for Abington COPES. Uh, it's, it's actually a, uh, is it a, a reworked, Group reorged or re it's it had a different name but it has it's, since been reworked. Yes, correct. Um, I think Alex Bizanson started it in 2015, and it was Abington Substance Awareness Coalition, I believe. Um, but then with COVID and everything, there was like a little lapse there. So I um, reached out to Alex and. For personal reasons, I wanted to like jump, get going again on this. Um, and I reached out to Allison Sullivan and she got a group of us together. And we kind of, I came up with the name because I just wanted a new name. Uh, Abington Hopes. <laughs> Thank you. Great name. I kept thinking about it. I feel like there's a lot of cares like around um, coalitions, which is awesome. They're all awesome, but I wanted something a little bit different. So, Unique. yeah. So I came up with it and I'm pretty happy with the name. So, yeah. So this is our our second conversation we had previously. It was uh, me, you, and uh, a gentleman, Jeff Chasen. Correct. Yep. Who's, he may be tuned in. No, he, he's <laughs> in spirit joining, joining us. Um, talk about how important an organization like yours is, especially in today's day and age when the struggle is real when it comes to substance. And it's, it's not like society is letting up anytime soon as there's usually there are more new more powerful drugs mm-hmm. that are available these days that folks are trying or succumbing to yeah or they don't even know it's in what they're using Correct. um so i feel like with covid that just exasperated everything um and like i had said previously I think the number in 2021 lost to overdose was a hundred and almost 108,000. That's like a big, huge number. Um, and I went to a couple overdose awareness um, 
National Overdose Awareness Day was August 31st, and I had the chance to get to go to a couple vigils. And just the video um, slideshows, it was, they were long. One was 32 minutes. That was in Brockton. So, and then I feel like enough people don't know about fentanyl, that it is being put into everything. Deadly. Yes. And it's the leading number one leading cause of death between the ages of 18 and 45 and enough people aren't talking about it because people aren't aware it's in what they're using and it's if that's in there like you don't have a shot i was having a a conversation the other day with the district attorney tim cruz and uh he brought to light something i was unaware of again this there's new deadlier drugs talking about this there's a rainbow fentanyl that is now available, and this is something that that the one thing we worry about is if somebody overdosed. But imagine if some young kid sees it and thinks that it's oh, it's a gummy bear, oh, it's colorful and it's pretty, and somehow ingested fentanyl is to the, the degree that even folks who are with law enforcement who are going to apprehend somebody with it could somehow be uh, you know rendered you know unconscious just from touching this stuff if they are not aware of it. Right, yes. Like it's being put into pills, um, fake pills. And like I had said previously, I think, on the show, um, that kids are showing up in the ER um, because there's fentanyl mixed in with the marijuana. So it's just um, Russian roulette. If you're taking a pill, there's a 25% chance um, that fentanyl is in there. And like I said, I've met folks nationally who have lost their uh, teenagers because they took a fake pill. They didn't know, and that was it. It was over. It's it's tough to lose somebody close to you. I think everybody has lost somebody close to them through this current wave of drug overdoses and it's so tough and so I think an organization what your organization is trying to do and hopefully being a support system is vital and having an event like a 5k road race uh, and walk is going to be also essential too isn't it yes Um, well as I like to kind of say up front which I hadn't yet um, is that I lost my sister to an overdose in April 18th of 2021 so that was kind of where the need the drive to get something up and going again in Abington came from because nothing motivates you more than your grief to turn your grief into something positive so the road race is September 18th Sunday the Sunday coming up at nine o'clock I knew this was a good opportunity for Evington Copes to get our name out there um because like I it was the Jeff Coombs Memorial Road Race for 20 amazing years and so the spot was open and I knew we should jump on it uh it's been you know we've been able to get 50 lawn signs across town with our name and i feel it's just a great great way for the town to get to know us and we get to work with the police department and dpw so building those relationships and you know people from it's just raising awareness of this issue and it's not uh the people that have signed up aren't just from abington so there's been a good um range of people from surrounding towns. So, so you got a good cross section of folks. How have how has the sign ups been going for the road race? And it's more than that also because there's gonna be more that happens 
after the event too, right? Did you have like food trucks and a we DJ, yep. all kinds of cool yep. stuff? And so we're saying like, even if you're not running, walking, come out with the family. Um, we will have three food trucks, Kona Ice, Mom's on the Go, and Lolly Jolly Waffles, and they are amazing. Wow. Yes, their treats mom, are amazing. I, I love Mom. I, I believe Mom's does the grilled cheese, grilled cheese, and like tater tots. <gasps> yes, yep, they're pretty. Yeah, you are un-American if you don't like grilled cheese and tater tots. Okay, <laughs> yep. I'm just saying. Right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but they have the best when when they actually last summer when they had the food trucks. Yes, at. Uh, at, at Town Hall uh, and the the field, yep, the Nisby, uh, the uh, Riley, the Riley Field, yep. That uh, Mom's was there, and guilty. I'll, I'll I'll admit it. I got a couple of sandwiches. They had one of them, <laughs> like a an applewood bacon. It was really good. So fantastic, fantastic, and and uh, the wa- I would be curious to try. Oh the my waffles. gosh, you had like that. That I said if I wasn't running it. Knowing Lolly Jolly Waffles was going to be there, that would be enough to get me down there because they, oh, it's so amazing, their treats. It's like a real Belgian waffle stuffed with ice cream and all these toppings. It's, they are amazing. And I'm a sweets person, too. And then we also have Kona ice for the kids after. So we want to make it a family, a, you know, a fun-filled family day and raising some awareness, too. So let's talk a little bit about... Uh the website and how folks can get involved um, with your organization. First, let's talk about if folks want to sign up for the Road Race and the Walk, how can they do that? Yes. Uh, AbbingtonCopes.org is the easiest way. Uh, the website's pretty simple right now. We just got that up. So uh, it says, you know, all you have to do is it says register here, click, and it brings you uh, a QR code. Yeah. Fantastic. Ra- yeah. Right to Racewire. So. Um, yeah, sorry. What was the other question? And the other question is: Is what are you looking forward to? Oh. I mean, this this is this is basically a fundraiser to help. I mean, what are you looking to do down the road for you know to provide support to folks? Gotcha. Yes. Um, so this was obviously we're going we're always want to raise funds, but for year one, one it was mostly get our name out. If we you know we're looking, we're going to break. We said break even. We're well beyond breaking even, um, but so we have a little a little bit of money right now. And what we want to do is get uh, pro- well. Our kids are the most important people in our community, mm. so getting to them, prevention, education is something I'm super passionate about <clears throat> with the kids. So getting programs into there, you know, doing sponsoring different groups like a yoga group or just fun activities on the weekend, so people are doing you know drug free. Uh, activities outside, you know, on the weekends. Um, So that's something we want to focus on. And then also helping the people already struggling with substance use and different ways, like helping them find treatment, connecting them, being able to scholarship them. So if they're looking to get in sober living, sometimes that's difficult coming directly from detox to go right into a sober house. Yeah. And they need like a month buffer and to be able to provide that to them. Uh, helping bereaved families, connecting them in any way we can support them as well. You talk about educating children. I have children. Do you have children? I have children. Yep. The folks who are tuned in who have children. What's the age that we that we need to reach that where you're not breaching their innocence, but yet you are you're in still you're putting something in their head to let them know that they, they have to be careful that there are there are people out there who don't care about their well being. 
Right. Um, so in the elementary school, um, K-1 and 2, but I think it's second grade, the health teacher, she's lovely. She does a simple little um, lesson plan. There's good drugs, okay drugs, and bad for you drugs, meaning like, you know, Motrin and whatever. Yeah. And it's very simple. All my kids have, ta- my three kids have talked about it. And then they get a little more in depth in third and fourth grade, but pretty, they, you know, not too in depth at all. But they say for drug education, middle school is your bread and butter. So we want to get to them before that first time use. So, I mean, it's sad to say, but that's like fifth grade, you, you know, because people, we know they are in vaping, they're doing that. Isn't it crazy? Early. It's so crazy. It's in seventh so crazy. and eighth grade, I know that's a major problem. No one in Abington Public School will say, no, we don't have a problem vaping. Like, it's known. It's a problem. It's a problem. It is a problem. In seventh and eighth grade, the bathrooms, like, people won't use them. They wait to go home because the vaping is out of control. So. Yeah. And that just leads to other things. You know, it starts with the vaping, and then it's marijuana, and then, you know, it just goes from there. So, getting to them before that first time use we got a couple of minutes left here and uh, again we're speaking with melissa cook she is uh, the chairperson for abington copes community outreach prevention education and supports that's what that acronym stands for just a reminder that they, they got the big 5k road race formerly the the coombs road race uh, 20 fabulous years it's it's basically the same weekend uh race begins at the woodsdale elementary school 120 chestnut street proceeds will go towards funding efforts to prevent and reduce youth substance use uh, abingtoncopes.org is the website uh, anything that i haven't touched upon but we may we got to make sure that we uh Cross the T's and dot the lowercase J's. Um, I just want people to continue to talk about it, um, have open conversations in the community, not pretend that it's not a problem, not pretend that everyone hasn't been affected in one way or another. Like, I'm a bereaved family member, and I always say that so people know, like, okay, Melissa went through this, you know, because I do, I've been involved in PTO, so the school, school community is familiar with me and just being a light to the community. And, and knowing the importance of this mission and knowing the importance of an event like this to bring awareness, you were actually going to go to a PTO meeting and you were told... This message is greater than than attending. Am I wrong? Oh yes, sorry. Um, the middle school for a second. I thought the middle school PTO was tonight, and it's the first meeting, and there were elections, so I wanted to get in there. Um, but I told, I text, uh, reach out to my moms, and they said, absolutely, it's not even a question. You need to go do the radio show with Kevin because that's more important than. The PTO meeting. PTO's important. I'm not going to say it isn't, but they said at this time, this is more important, getting the message out. Well, I think you have done the PTO moms proud. I think you've done a lot of the folks who you work with proud. Done a fantastic job this evening, and uh, I hope that you have a blessed event this Sunday, and it's the first of many in the mission, the start of the mission to, to get the word out, to, to educate our youth and, and to find a way to 
uh, eliminate substance abuse and, and, and something that will affect our youth. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. Melissa Cook has been our guest. Thank you. We are going to step aside. I, I, I'm sad to say I'm, I'm, I'm weeping, but we have one more segment left. One more. It'll be a good one, I swear. You are tuned into Monday Night Talk right here on 95.9 WATD. <laughs> is Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi on 95.9 WATD. Each year, about one out of two men and one out of three women will develop cancer. But there's good news. Today's cancer survival odds are much better than two or even three years ago. Things move that fast. So if you're diagnosed, be sure to have someone in your corner who is on top of all the latest cancer treatments and techniques, the latest research, the newest equipment, all the newest medicines available through clinical trials. And speaking of corners, here's more good news. Advanced Cancer Care is now just around the corner. The Green Cancer Center at Signature Healthcare treats patients locally with all oncology services and specialties conveniently housed under one roof. The center is affiliated with Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, so you'll be seen by Harvard medical faculty physicians and oncologists. The Green Cancer Center at Signature Healthcare, in affiliation with Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. Cancer has just met its match. Find out why at mysignaturecare.org slash cancercare. McGuigan's Pub is an upscale Irish pub with all the class of a Boston pub. The menu offers favorites like steak tips, fish and chips, meatloaf, as well as burgers, sandwiches, and pizza. The relaxed, comfortable atmosphere at McGuigan's makes it the perfect place to eat, drink, and socialize with family and friends. New hours are Tuesday through Thursday, 4 to close, Friday through Sunday, 1130 to close. McGuigan's Pub is at 546 Washington Street in Whitman with a full menu available at McGuigan'sPub.com. That truck, it pays? What? The bumper sticker on that truck says it pays. Pays? Pays what? I can't quite read it. Oh, it pays to stay way back. Ah, what was that? The truck! Snap back or rock! Now I've got a broken windshield. I'm Peter Brown of Tiny and Sons Auto Glass in Pembroke. It pays to stay way back. However, if your windshield is broken, just call 1-888-64-TINYS. And thank you. Download previous episodes of Monday Night Talk and listen to them anywhere. Check out 959WATD.com slash Monday Night Talk. And now, more Monday Night Talk with your host, Kevin Tachi. All right. Welcome back to Monday Night Talk. Thank you to uh, all of our guests this evening. Uh, it's been a heck of a run uh, from, uh, from Brandon James Griffin to Victoria and Donald. Uh, Emmanuel Doctor, and then my last guest, uh, Melissa. And uh, listen, when you're getting ready to wrap things up, you you, you go out with a bang. And uh, joining me to uh, hopefully uh, give that uh, percussion is none other than Mr. Mark Rochito. He, again, is he's also another repeat offender. We get a lot of those these days. Who like being guests on Monday Night Talk. And uh, he's here. He's here actually to... Uh, give us some details about a show coming up 
uh, uh, weekend run of uh, September 23rd to 25th. And you're going to shoot your eye out with that thing. You can talk about casting for <laughs> a Christmas story. We got Mark Rochetel, how are you, sir? I am well, sir. Thank you so much for having me this evening. I wish you were in studio. It would have it would have really been the big fat maraschino cherry on top. <laughs> as do I. But you know these these are good problems to have. Mass Associate is as, as as most of the world is back open again and and classes are running and I'm fortunate enough to have uh two classes running in the evenings that I have to teach. So I'm doing double duty. I just finished a class and then jumped on on with you, my man. So so what what are you what are you teaching? You're teaching in the anything uh, good? Yeah, I'm teaching some stagecraft, um, which is, you know, all those things behind the curtain that goes on in kind of a buffet of a little bit of everything that we do to make shows happen. And then um, the other class you might be familiar with is uh, Television One is running in the evenings. First time in, my gosh, I want to say five years. No thank you to the pandemic, so. Nice. Yeah. Now, does yeah. Massasoit have a refurbed studio? Uh, how's your how's we do these days? Yeah. So uh, over the pandemic, we got a new studio. Um, the old one is gone, and the new one is in. And we also to talk about cherries on top of the Sunday. We were very fortunate to connect with Taunton Public Access, donated to us a brand new to us. It was their old set, brand new to us as a as a, as a, a television news set. So it looks like a newsroom, and students now have at the uh, their opportunity to to work on a new set with new equipment and um, everything being, of course, state of the art. And it's all brand new. We're looking to have an open house, uh, hopefully, the end of October, I believe. This just in. That's very nice. I like that. Okay, we'll have to stop by and see the the new digs. In well, the- it's it's funny you mention that because I just might be producing. An acoustic cafe. <gasps> really? That might require a guest host. Um, so just, uh, yeah, we'll have I, to talk. I, I, <laughs> I might have to dig the scally cap out and uh, the uh, the turtle, the black turtleneck for just an occasion. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, I was just walking past the photo in the hall and, and singing your revels to our students, our incoming students. Um, in regards to the legacy that they have to live up to, my man. <laughs> Listen, set the bar higher. Higher. That's all I can say. Uh, so let's enough enough about us. Let's talk a little bit about this uh, this outdoors production that's going to be taking place. Outdoor mm-hmm. theater. Who? Yes. Yes, I know. Right. Um, we've done it before in the past. Uh, we actually had a run down on the Plymouth Waterfront where we collaborated with Plymouth Community Theater. And we did, uh, I want to say it was for three years, we did Shakespeare on the Rock. And um, that definitely whet our appetite. And then um, that opportunity kind of dissolved. And uh, during the pandemic, towards, towards the end, obviously, uh, we were we were kind of stifled, as, as you know, all theaters were, because we were all shut down. And looking for opportunities and we have these three cement rises if you're familiar with Massasoit's Brockton campus between the uh, fine arts liberal arts and humanities building that over by the satellite dish is um is three elevated platforms that are were built for performance space and we never really 
utilize them being that, you know, pre-pandemic, we were always in our theater because we have such a beautiful facility here in the Buckley Performing Arts Center. But the pandemic made us look at in other ways, and our uh, technical director, Mr. Nathan Fogg, who was always thinking outside of the box, said, why don't we use those? for an outdoor event and we uh the the platforms are not connected so what he did is he designed some connecting decks to go in between so it makes one big long stage space so so but, but uh, my question is is where will he stick the french door <laughs> we're still working on that actually <laughs> being that our first production last year was the importance of being earnest um we did we did think about that but it obviously didn't work out but um possibly it might make an appearance in our upcoming production of your registries next weekend so I, I mentioned that folks it's kind of an inside joke but anybody who's ever seen a great whether whether it's a set that's designed or something that's directed by the great nathan fogg of holbrook uh, there's usually he sneaks a, a, a French door in one of the sets. One of the sets. And it's kind of one of those one of those things. It's like the Weird's Waldo of set pieces. Mm-hmm. And oh, there's a French door. Uh, yeah. But Nathan's probably one of the brilliant one. One of there's a lot of brilliant uh, theater people on the South Shore, and Nathan's one of them. Definitely, yeah. there there are some bright shining stars down here south of Boston, and we're very fortunate that Nathan uh, hangs out with us here at Massasoit Theater Company. So, who's directing? Uh, is this Yuri Dice? Am I saying that right? Eurydice. Eurydice. See, I knew Eurydice. I was to say it wrong. That's <laughs> being directed by your good friend, Miss uh, Professor Corinne Mason. Excuse me. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's the story uh, behind? What's the story? What's the plot? So, uh, Eurydice is is a. Uh, Greek myth has been around forever. It, this particular version was rewritten by uh, Sarah Rule, I want to say early 2000s, 2003-ish, and um, she added a couple of characters to the myth and twisted it a little bit, but um, basically she, um, in her reimagining, she um, perpetuates the myth of, of Orpheus through Eurydice's eyes, because in the, the original, it's through Orpheus's eyes. And um, basically, Eurydice dies too young um, on her wedding day, and she has a journey to the underworld where she reunites with her father and struggles to remember her lost love, who's back among the living. And um, long story short, a bunch of contemporary characters, some plot twists, some visual effects. Um, the play is basically taking a, a new look on... Um, this timeless love story of Orpheus and Eurydice. Wow. Sounds like a yeah. great story. It is. It is a great story. And, and I have to, uh, you know, Corinne um, knows, she knows the stuff, and this is one of her favorites. And um, coming out of the pandemic, you talk about, uh, you know, ending it with a bang. We wanted to start it with a bang. And uh, Eurydice is going to do just that. And this also, this also is a student ensemble, isn't it? That is correct. This this is the Massasoit Theater Company Student Ensemble, and um, they're having a great time. They're uh, they've been rehearsing. We actually cast this back in the end of last semester, gave them the scripts for the summer, and then they came back in August, and they've just been working at it and chipping away. And uh, they have a real collaborative spirit 
and how they do their blocking and they reimagine their scenes and whatnot. And uh, at Corinne's guidance, they're just uh, they're really bringing to life a really great piece, and we're really excited to share it with share it with people. Definitely. No, I get to throw just another little novelty in here. Uh, mm-hmm. Just kind of looking at some of the folks who who are involved with it. You got special guests. We can talk about that in a moment, but also. Uh, you, you got a, a, I saw a name, a name, uh, a recognizable name under costume designer, my favorite witch. T- <laughs> tell me about, tell me about James. James is a, uh, a superstar on the South Shore and actually in the region uh, regarding theater. His uh, One of his specialities is costuming, although he's kind of uh, um, has multiple masterings in different departments of yep. theater. Yep. Um, and uh, James is one of those cats that's like, you know, he's, he's an artisan. In, in theater where, you know, he's more, he's at that level where he can take something and make it, take, take nothing and make something out of it. Yep. And, um, and, uh, him and Nathan are kind of in that same vein where, like, I, I'll, I'm like, you know, the, the, the budget weary producer and I'm trying to, how are we going to do this? And they're like, I don't know, we're going to figure it out. And, you know, two days later they got the answer made and I'm like, how'd you guys do that? Um, so, uh, James is, is in that vein and, um, we're excited to have him working on the show with us for costumes. He was our, one of our costume, one of the main costume designers for Beauty and the Beast pre-pandemic. And, um, he knocked it out the park then, and he's going to do it again. And I mentioned I mentioned the witch because, again, very chameleon-like as an actor, he was. I believe he was the witch in when you guys did uh, um, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, yeah, um, yeah. Associated Theater Company's Wizard of Oz, and sure did a fantastic job. Yeah, his versatility is off the charts. I mean, he did the witch, did Mary Sunshine in Chicago. Um, he has no limits, really, in his acting abilities. And to be honest, I think he's kind of the same way in technical theater, where when he sets his mind to it, um, he he gets it done. And, and him and Nathan together are just a phenomenal team. So here's the uh, the final plug before we move on to uh, casting. For yes. a Christmas story, uh, folks want to take part. They want to get tickets for these three great shows: Fridays, Saturdays, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sundays. The September twenty third, twenty fourth, and twenty fifth. How can they? Uh, how can they get tickets? So the easiest way I tell people is just Google Massasoit box office. It'll take you right to the page. I'll bring you up the link and take you right to the page, and then uh, you scroll down, and there'll be a buy tickets now button and um and it's easy as one two three is that the old box office number um yeah <laughs> if you if you want to call in i'll i'll uh, be happy to help you 508-427-1234 <laughs> excellent well let's let's also take a few moments to talk a little bit about uh auditions for yes, it's a fall production of a christmas story Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this. Yeah, it's a it's a great show. One of my all time favorites. Um, it's an audience favorite. It has been asked for since the last time we did it, which was about five or six years ago. Yep. Um, we had a great run with it at that time with sold out shows, and um, it's just one of the reasons why I, I, I really picked the show and wanted to bring it back is because. I remember sitting in the show runs and the laughter. 
that the show generates is just overwhelming. And after everything that we've been through, and I say we collectively as a community yeah. uh, have been through, um, you know, laughter is the best medicine. And what, you know, and, and and not not to not not coming at a better time of the year, you know, going into the holidays and whatnot. Um, it's just something I feel as though, felt as though we all need and can use and this show obviously delivers all of that laughter it's based obviously off of the uh the uh, classic film and um and it was adapted by uh, philip christian and it makes for a great stage play uh let's talk about date of the auditions and uh when the show when uh, a christmas story show is it could be expected at the stage sure so we're going to be auditioning this coming Sunday, September 18th at 1 p.m., and um, hopefully we'll start rehearsals the following Sunday, the 25th, and run uh, like Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday kind of schedule. Show dates will land uh, at the beginning of December, opening on Saturday the third, I believe. Yep. Let me show you one date. Yep. yep. And then uh, Saturday, Sunday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So September 3rd, uh, five shows closing on uh, December 11th. And now, um, so, now, if somebody is looking to, to be cast in this, there's also one mm-hmm. little caveat they mm-hmm. have to also uh, be aware of as well, correct? Yeah, we require uh, proof of vaccination. Um, against COVID-19 and auditions. So uh, still something, that obviously, that we're living with. Oh. But most, uh, hopefully, most folks that come to the door will be all set with that. Uh, just a point to note, also, we have some great roles for children as well. There's four or five uh, children beyond Ralphie in this uh, in this piece. Uh, you can go to our website. Again, just Google Massasoit Auditions, take you right to the page, and give you the whole cast breakdown. Yeah, I, I wasn't looking for the vaccination. It was it was one of the little tidbit that we you, you walked past, and that was that all cast members are expected to participate in the Christmas Day parade here in Brockton. Yeah. Sorry about that. There you go. I didn't lead you far enough down the down the alley to. to well, to... You, you know, it was a tradition, and then this thing called the pandemic happened, and it kind of. But so again, uh, something we're trying to revive uh, since you know coming out of those COVID days is uh, participating in the Brockton um, annual holiday parade, which happens the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Our expectation is that all cast members will participate, as we did five years ago. Actually, I think on that year we won first prize for our float. It's amazing. And, and, and you now, are you going to don the usual uh, top hat? Did you have like a special stove top hat or something where there's like a, a Santa Claus going in, in the chimney or something? Uh, my stuck Santa? Yeah. Santa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think I, I think I just might, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, Mark, I, I want to thank you so much for 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 joining me and being my, my final guest of the evening. Uh, final guest of, uh, of one of our full-length uh, shows is with next few weeks, probably until the general election. We'll have those shorter shows because we'll be making way for uh, political forums that will be held here at 95.9 WATD. So, thank you so much for being uh, for being uh, my guest this evening. Kevin, thank you for having me. There he is, Mark Rochiteau uh, from uh, Massachusetts Community College and also a producer of a couple of the shows that, with, that he talked about this evening and, and the casting 
And, and again, if you've missed any of the shows, the segments, easy enough to go to the podcast section of uh, 959WATD.com. I believe I might be a show behind, but we got all the, the latest shows. Uh, we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for your support uh, over the years for this radio program. Until next week at 6.15 p.m., make sure you have a great evening.